So welcome to another B-Sides, everybody. This is Nenik. I'm joined today by Russ. How's it going? And um, Russ, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, you started. Sure. I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. Um, I do a lot of branding and, and identity design. Um, but I'm from Varia, and I live here in Sac. Um, yeah, that's mostly my spiel. Cool. I, I design a lot of things for yeah. a lot of different people. Well, you're kind of living the dream right there for a lot of us artists, right? I mean, that must be pretty awesome to, to make a career. Yeah. Living out of you know, making art. Art is completely what I want to do, and I know that now, and it's great. But I still have a day job, which in my mind holds me back from my freelance oh, creativity okay. Okay, so, design. So, so you don't do graphic design for your day job? <clears throat> no, I'd say like I'm like 50-50 because I feel like I'm oh. working like six oh. hours at night you know like it's okay. it's like okay, split so you're living the dream at night yeah. oh yeah. yeah during the day i'm i'm waiting to live the dream oh, later okay. so you <laughs> uh so so you're basically balancing working full-time doing basically um freelance work yeah night? right so i have small clients um small and regular clients um or irregular clients. Sometimes it's just one person that just wants one thing and then <laughs> like, never oh, hear from them again. And that's Please, fine too. You. As long as they pay me and let me <laughs> let me create something cool, then I'm I'm happy. But yeah. um, regular work is what I'm looking for. But mm -hmm. you know, it's it's always been a a grind. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't know I wanted to be a designer oh, really? at all. So yeah. So how did you fall into it? I mean, it must have been newspaper design. Really? So I wanted to be a, a journalist in college, and that's what oh, I went to school for. Okay, okay, so you were right, doing a lot of writing. A lot of writing, and then when you become an editor, uh, this is back in college, in the school paper at Sac State, I would have to design my own pages. Mm -hmm. So everyone was just learning, and they're all writers, forced to be designers, and I'd say like 95% <laughs> of them rejected the idea and hated it, you know, <laughs> staying up late once a week and... Learning this, these these tools that you know they're not, yeah, yeah, they're not trying to learn those tools right yeah. now. They're just trying to do another journalism. But uh, I decided to just ditch the journalism oh, and, and okay. go full bore design. So. so you were doing typography a lot then. Right? A lot of typography, a lot of um, pagination, layout design. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which is you know I think that's a good foundation at least for mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And I didn't know I wanted to do that still. I still thought once I graduated I wanted to write and edit, oh. um, but yeah, then the more I just got to know these tools, the more I was like, no, what else can I do? Huh, so, so you just kind of stumbled into the space where you, you would write an article, you'd, you'd try to put it together on a page that looks attractive, right? Mm -hmm. And then that would be your, that's kind of what you were doing and you found that to be so interesting and... Yeah, and, I mean... I mean that's interesting. That's a, that's a really yeah. different story. I mean I think that's where like stumbling into it and realizing that like that is something that speaks to you in a way more than uh, writing is, is a pretty interesting uh, uh, journey. And how did you discover you loved it? Like was it that you spent hours and hours doing it and you're just like obsessed with it? Or yeah, me I think so. Um, when I became an editor. Um, and I, you know, stumbled into design, or I had to do design, mm -hmm. much like I had to edit any article or write any article. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just became more of a focus of how could I differentiate myself from everyone else who's mm -hmm. designing these boring newspapers. You keep, you know, as a journalism student, you're nothing but newspapers are dying. Yeah, yeah. And you know, papers dead in yeah, general, yeah. which means designing those papers is also yeah, diminishing. Yeah. So it's it's tough to kind of face that. Mm -hmm. So I kept trying to think of ways I could, you know, attract readers and just make it attractive for the reader. So, I mean, that's, uh, to me, that sounds really abstract, though. Like, the sure. idea that you're, like, shaping words on paper and arranging them in such a way that yeah. would be even more attractive than something else. How, how would you describe something that, uh, or a layout that's more interesting or would draw more, more readers than another one? Well, I mean, journalism, you use words, and I think, Design with words, typography, like uh -huh. you said, is the biggest part, and that's what I fully, full, and like fell in love with. And I still think I'm a typographer more than anything else. So when I look at a newspaper, I'm looking at the biggest fonts and mm -hmm. you know what 
the design of the actual shape of the letter and the spacing and the white space, the black and white balance mm -hmm. on the page is like, it, it, that's subliminally attracting eyes yeah. mm -hmm. from the street. Mm -hmm. So that was the most curious case for me. And like, okay, well, how can I, you know, I wrote uh, sports mm -hmm. primarily when yeah, I was yeah. on the paper. And so I was like, how am I going to design the sports section? You know, sports are, the ones who are fans are going to find the content, yeah, gonna, right? So how do I attract yeah. the average student on this campus or the average reader, it, you know, faculty also? You know, how do I make it look professional but also, you know, eye-catching eye and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. make it pop? Yeah. Because it's, it's an old industry, you know. Yeah, Newspapers yeah. are mm -hmm. boring, as people, <laughs> <laughs> people like to say it. People so, go, yeah. Reading. reading. <clears throat> I think that's, a, that's actually one of the more... Like, cause I'm a blogger and I, mm -hmm. I used to write a lot too, and I've I've actually for the most part like really. I don't believe in reading anymore, cause like I I see what a picture can do in terms mm -hmm. of views and the amount of information that can be conveyed and how easily digestible that is. And Absolutely. Then, like, even like a. Hundred fifty word blog, which is short as heck. Mm -hmm. Most people would just look at it for one second and just go, that's eh, reading. Exactly. It's too hard to get there. I, I mean, I can try my best to, you know, try to draw interest at the very beginning or try to leverage something so that people would actually read it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a picture or whatnot. Yeah. But it's it's always frustrating because, like, reading isn't, I guess, part of our, like, our way of absorbing information nowadays. It's, it's just no. become, like, this uh, passe thing. And now it's really about, I, I need the video, I need the picture. I need this to be digestible within seconds, mm -hmm. uh, or else I'm I'm moving on. Which is why I mean we're on a podcast right now. Which is <laughs> another form of media yeah, yeah. taking away from that you know reading uh, yeah. chunk that people absorb. But yeah, I mean that's podcasting has been blown up just because people can yeah. shut their minds off, do a task, go to work, and listen to numerous podcasts yeah, a day, yeah. and still remember. Well, so so me me ask about say for a blogger maybe this is just me being selfish. How sure. do I make my blog or my uh, whatever written material I create? How do I make it more uh, enticing or uh, more exciting so that folks would actually want to? Well, it? yeah, and a lot of that I think could be done with graphics. I think anything paired with some sort of graphic or animation mm -hmm. it, or illustration even mm -hmm. is is going to be attractive. That's yeah. the reason why kids look at picture books. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to read, but we want to look at those pages. You know, mm -hmm. we want to know mm -hmm. the story and what's going on. So, I think if that's in within the means, I think you could get away with that. If there's like a blogger out there who, <clears throat> you know, wants to collaborate with uh, an illustrator or something, you guys could definitely help each other out mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, showing out your your artwork and your creativity. But I mean, words alone, they're going to look the same, and you know, you, you can't. You can t you can change the font or typeface and it'll read the same. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. Um, I mean, there's like expressive typography, but beyond that, it's yeah, it's yeah. all Times New Roman or Arial. It's like, what do what do those feet do <laughs> on the end of the like the letter A? Like, what does that differentiate? So yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's somewhat limiting. But you know, when you think of blogs, I mean, it's, it comes down to like web design. You know, that's what people oh, yeah. look at. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. So so then you took your passion for for editing newspapers and typography and you took it into more of a because you're doing logos now right yeah so branding and how did you like kind of make that kind of leap from just a very you know fixed medium that's very you, know, you got a lot of history and it's yeah. now really kind of a modern like thing with logos where you have to convey so much with just this little this little like uh, picture right and I think that might transition easier because I had in between um, like my first design job full-time out of college was working at CBS radio and I was doing okay. mostly ads like most of my time was just digital ad design so okay. it was local here in Sacramento again um, we were in charge of five radio stations and I didn't like develop their logos I had to help brand like an event or something like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I got a taste of what branding could be it's yeah. not a completely like I have this company and I want you to design everything, mm -hmm. you know, just out of an idea, yeah, yeah. right? So um, it wasn't as freeing as it is now when mm -hmm. someone comes up to me and asks for yeah, yeah. a logo. Mm -hmm. But 
learning how to design for a brand before actually creating that brand kind of yeah. helped me ease into that as well. Yeah, yeah. Newspapers have a ton of like rules. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, regulations. There's mm -hmm. only so much space on that page and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I uh, definitely like the creative freedoms I have now for branding and working with just people that want, you know, they have a, they have an idea or a business and mm -hmm. they think it's cool and they want it to look cool. And yeah, I, yeah. I just kind of step in and help. So for folks who are interested in, like, developing a logo, what would you say are the most important parts of, of what they should be thinking about when they, hmm. when they are developing a logo and how do they um, make sense of the process <clears throat> moving forward with that? I think communicating is the best way. Um, you work with different designers. Some will charge you by the hour, mm -hmm. um, and some will charge you by the project or by the rounds of edits you do, whatever. You know, it, it kind of depends. So mm -hmm. as much as you can communicate your vision uh, from the get-go yeah. will help you save money, probably, and, and get a better product. Mm -hmm. um, I get a lot of times people come up to me and they say, you know, I don't really have an idea, but I was thinking something, something, you know, something sexy and, <laughs> I don't know, kind of like new. And yeah. I'm like, well, it's a new logo. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be new. new. And sexy means nothing. Like, what do you, well, what is that? What, what is that? What do you mean? Yeah, like, do you want something inappropriate? Like, I don't know, like sex, or <laughs> what are we, you know, it's like a, a cupcake business. I'm not going to make it sexy. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So, not using your words. I'd like okay. someone to give me like examples. You know, okay, literally so go to Pinterest or Instagram, mm -hmm. Google Images. Doesn't matter. Make a little mood board of like, hey, I like these colors. I like this font and this logo. I like trees and you know something that incorporates this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I make three very different designs and oh, kind of so have them pick a road. Oh, yeah. okay. So you like go left, right, or... And straight. if they like neither, then we just, you know, start again, or okay. sometimes they're like, you know what, never mind, we're not a good match, because mm -hmm. that could happen, too. Yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah. how to communicate. So if, if you're having trouble with the designer, just... I recommend a mood board, and then not using those, like, I don't know, zingy words that mean nothing. You know, <laughs> like, give it more pop. <laughs> or can you make the logo bigger is something yeah, I get, yeah. which makes like, no sense. Like, it was bigger. It's yeah. Make more of a statement. Like, like a bigger file is going to look the same on your phone. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Zoom in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of miscommunication in this mm, job. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's what we always, I think as artists, always find ourselves in is like this place where it's hard to translate like what, you're, mm -hmm. uh, what people are seeing in their head. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, it's almost like there's a sense of like, um, kind of a, I would say it's almost delusional sometimes. Where they, they, I mean, they, <laughs> <laughs> I won't disagree. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like they have this idea that the <laughs> logo or the film or whatever would, would be this way. Mm -hmm. And you almost like have to almost scale them back or kind of re re reset them into like, no, like this is what a logo is for. That is bigger than a logo. That is a branding campaign. That is a, right. that is, that, that requires a different set of, you know, um, skills and a different set of media. Sure. In order to even convey that piece. And so I think that's what's so hard about, um, about uh, this whole process of working with clients. Do you find that that is something that you struggle with consistently or have you been honing in on a way of like finding the right, customers or yeah I communication style? think I've gotten a lot better at that that was definitely when first people came to me even at my first like normal regular job as a designer at the radio stations I would be too much of a yes man yeah. with yeah. whatever they were saying because I was the only graphic designer you know for these five radio stations a sales team an events planning team they would all be coming to me oh, wow. with these ideas and mm -hmm. I'd be like yeah sure, I can do that yeah. and then you know, they give me examples like, oh, this is what we did last year for this event. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be the same named event. We just need to update all the artwork. And so I'd be stuck in this bubble of, you know, not fighting back and being like, okay, I want to make it look exactly like last year. Mm -hmm. And so it would be slightly different, but it would still be, in my eyes, mediocre because it's A, not my design, and yeah. two, it just, you know, wouldn't feel hip 
or pop or new or whatever they wanted. Yeah. So they would be happy because they, you know, get these, you know, instructions just like last year and they didn't get it, but it wouldn't be good art. Yeah, know? yeah. So. Do you struggle also? I mean, I've, I've struggled within um, my own work of like this committee approach to like coming up with yeah. a piece of art. Oh, yeah. That yeah. everybody gets to talk about their ideas and you get uh -huh. all these like mishmash or mix ups and art going all different ways. <laughs> yeah. And then when you come out with the product, people just go in, nah, or like a, an example, people say, no, that was not what I had in my head. And the other guy's like, that was exactly what I wanted. And now you have to deal with a lot of these dynamics of all these people with all these imaginations about you know, what they're what they wanted. You really do. Uh, at the bottom, li the bottom line, you're just making relationships work, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. you're meeting people. So, uh, for example, I work for a sports podcast network right now, mm -hmm. and we, I met this guy on Twitter. Like he was just a, oh. a beat reporter who's like, you know, what? I have an idea for a podcast network, and I think, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And so we just quit his job and he did full-time he, he poached a few radio people and, and a few podcasts and then they put together a team and he reached out to me and I was like yeah I want to do that and so um, I forgot what I was talking about but we were going on and it, we the first few designs yeah there we go first few designs I had no idea what he wanted and he yeah. had no idea what I was capable of or what I was like mm -hmm. specialized in mm -hmm. so they were not good I, I look back at them still and, and only nine months ago, and I'm like, that was not a good idea. But <laughs> they approved it. You know, they got what they wanted, really? <clears throat> and it was a, you know, it got by. Like yeah. it, it was good enough at the time, and then, yeah. so now it's, it's we got in this rhythm, right? We've developed this relationship, mm -hmm. and he comes to me with an idea. I say, hey, I got any idea for this blog? Um, it'll be on this, and then here's the name, and here's the guy in charge of the podcast. I was like, okay. And then I just go to my, you know, room and, and develop and, and come back. And it's, I'd say, 80% of the time the first draft is approved. And it's Whoa. something that I'm actually proud of. That's crazy. Which never happens, right? Yeah, like, clients are like, mm, Okay, uh, well, you got to tell most of these other artists their, your secret. Because that is a really rare feat. It is. I think um, trust your gut. Because a lot of times he'll give me an idea. And he's not even sure of yeah, his idea. Yeah. So if you follow someone's idea that they're not even going to stand behind, it's not, unless you don't completely visualize it in your head, yeah. you're not going like, to succeed. Do you feel like you've honed in, though, on like your communication style and your aesthetic and your yeah. relationship with them? Because I think that's another piece of it. It's, it's kind of like someone who, like I think the, the, the people, people who cut hair is also like people. Yeah. Show, right? Because it's like it's this very personal thing for a person. And once once um, they are able to engage their clients in a certain way, where the clients feel connected and um, they're on the same wavelength about how what the the, the look mm. that uh, the the, the uh, customer wants, that that customer starts coming back. Oh, absolutely. But then there's yeah. times where you you know cut someone's hair and you know like, okay, this is not vibing. <laughs> yeah, not we are not on the same we're, we're, page here. You don't. What you think looks good on me, <laughs> do not think looks good on me yeah, at all. And, for sure. And you could argue all day, but at the end of the day, you know, the client has to wear that, that hair. So. I mean, yeah, you're just trying to gain their trust, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it sometimes he'll come to me and he's like, hey, here's the name and the person and the topic. And I'll be like, okay, great. Sounds good. I'll get it to you this, this weekend or something. Mm -hmm. Any ideas? Like, yeah. you know, any starting points? And he'll be like, no. What? I, I, tr oh my I trust God. you. That is too intense. So he's like, I trust your creative Jeez, ability. Geez. You know, it's it's. Uh, that it, is. That's also that's on a different level. It's a great relationship, <laughs> but it took nine months to get here. You know, so yeah. if it's like, yeah, if you know your client, it, it's gonna be a, yeah. a way better process. But that sounds that sounds pretty awesome because I, I think that's where, like, it's it's almost like uh, finding uh, a place that really is. Uh, that nurtures you and helps mm -hmm. you grow and grow confident yeah and become like really um proactive about and, and experimental and go and push into places that you you don't that aren't normally safe but allows right. you to like really just explore that and and develop your own style i think that's also another thing right? absolutely developing style is uh, yeah. important and i think most um 
nice refill. <laughs> I think most clients don't even know what they want. And the ones that yeah. do, like if I look, uh, you gave the example of hairstylists, yeah. but I, I want to one up two tattoo artists. Oh, yeah, tattoo artists. Those guys are like, that's permanent, first of all. <laughs> that's like one haircut you have for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and they're like artists, you know, they're freehanding and they get people that have been thinking about these ideas for years. Yeah, yeah. Drew it themselves. They think they're great at artistry, but they're just, you know. They just like ah something like this you know I'm not good at drawing but something like this oh, it's about my it's like for my mom you know something meaningful something permanent and something you're based off a very specific idea and it's like you, you at some point I imagine they just have to find a balance between what you think is like the coolest design mm -hmm. with this idea and what they actually want. Do do you feel though that your experience in Sports reporting or, or journalism really lends into what you can do now with like the logos and everything that you're doing now. Like like it all blue, like yeah. has the same aesthetic and feel that, that. I think so, and I think just grammar in general, because the, the biggest fear of any graphic designer is a typo in oh, your yeah. design, because mm -hmm. that means you're ripping back into it and you have to redo, you know, a lot of things that might be permanent, like text. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> yeah, I mean, grammar is a big one because sometimes. The client is not spelling things correctly, oh, and so if you if you don't have that <laughs> in instinct to be like, hold on, I don't know if this is worded correctly or mm -hmm. the grammar's off here. Mm -hmm. There should be a semicolon. I don't know. Whatever yeah. it is, mm -hmm. like you you should be able to do that. Especially like a lot of corporate design, you're doing a lot of powerpoints or mm -hmm. brochures mm -hmm. and, and flyers and stuff. That's uh, yeah. a big part of the job. So, um, but other than that, I mean, the design of things that's all like typography and like designing yeah, the yeah. words themselves. But I think like because you have a feel for the industry in general. Yeah. Yeah, then you can you know what the aesthetic of the, the industry is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting um, story about how how you've been able to find someone that you can really collaborate with over time because that's I think over um, I think a lot of folks they don't ever find someone like that or some uh, a place like that where they can oh, yeah. go and and they struggle to to almost like who's gonna who's gonna welcome me home basically like mm -hmm. i say you know this is we know what you do and we love what you do and we want to support you in doing what you do mm -hmm. and i think that's where um um uh artists struggle now how did you find you said you you found them on twitter Random, yeah. But is I, it, were you like following certain people, <coughs> or how did you get into that space? Because it does sound like you were you you know you were kind of gravitating towards kind of sports, right? Or sports absolutely. Space. I've always been a big sports guy, and and I wanted to be a sports reporter, right? Mm -hmm. So that was like yeah. my, you know, I'd follow a bunch of beat reporters yep. from my favorite teams mm -hmm. and on Twitter, and that's mostly what I enjoyed as a, a content viewer. You know, mm -hmm. I was just taking all that stuff in. I was following him as a reporter. And then he, he kind of jumped ship and did this podcast thing. And he was looking for a designer. And I was looking for freelance work yeah. at the time. So I, I kind of just jumped with it. Mm -hmm. And I designed podcasts in the past, but nothing yeah, nothing like this. Nothing regional or specific or with even super credible podcasters already. Mm -hmm. You know, these people mm -hmm. have at least 5,000 followers on Twitter. You know, and that yeah. to me is like, all right, that's a blue check mark. You know, yeah. you're, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You have a following. Um, I was used to doing like you know, smaller guys that were just you know trying to hustle and yeah, yeah. didn't have that kind of s same exposure. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. So yeah, I just took a, a leap of faith and yeah. uh, again, like there was a, a period where we were working on our mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know relationship, trying to figure out what we wanted out of mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. and then uh, but now I'm in a groove, and now I feel like this could be a calling. So yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. I think that's. And I think there's also this weird experience also when you're an artist where there is a sense of like um, you have a certain voice mm -hmm. and there's a certain place for you in the world where that voice sure. is appreciated and the aesthetic is appreciated. Mm -hmm. But if you don't find that place and you don't realize that like the things you have to say and, and the way you say it uh, have a very particular place in the world and you just kind of say it everywhere. Right. Lots of folks will be like, you're good. You're, I love that you're this technically gifted. Right. But you don't vibe with our culture, our yeah. our, um, our our types of organizations, our types sure. of businesses, and then you end up um, kind of going, oh well, maybe this isn't for me. But it's just it wasn't for you. 
because you didn't find the place that you would have been appreciated for the talents and gifts that you have. 100%. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that all artists are just asking for is just appreciation for what they're making. Yeah. Um, you know, in my former jobs, I was very busy and doing a lot of things that a lot of people saw, you know, not just at my company, but in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I was making billboards and stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, okay. like, I, you know, my work was out there and mm -hmm. concerts people were going to and looking at it, social media and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was doing a pretty big favor, like a pretty big job for them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel, you know, appreciated, Yeah. whether yeah. monetarily or like, you know, freedom or, you know, how much I enjoyed my, my job. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but this new one, you know, I'm not even making that much money, but I feel good about it because I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. helping somebody and, and helping a lot of people, actually. And I'm, you know, a part of something that appreciates my, not just me as a person, but mm -hmm. my actual artwork, which yeah, is really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think that's an, that's an interesting point, too, where we, you're, you've honed in on, like, spaces that are, are reflective of who you are sure and also turned down and walked away from places that might have given you a ton of exposure or Absolutely. like giving you a nice ego trip yeah but then at the same time really wasn't a place where you uh, you would have found um, kind of a, uh, belonging and where you probably would have compromised a lot of what you would instinctively or, or aesthetically do yeah. just for the sake of you know fitting in or, or Hundred percent, man. Hundred <laughs> percent. I just think back to those days when I was just grinding, and then, yeah, yeah. You know, you feel like you know these are big events, and you know mm -hmm. a lot of people may see them, and it's cool to like brag about it, and you know, oh that billboard, yeah, I made that. But then, yeah. you know, thinking back, it's like, man, your friends are giving you way more appreciation just for what you do than your actual coworkers or yeah, your yeah. boss or something. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think that's a it's an interesting trap that a lot of folks find themselves in is that they um, they chase I don't know the industry or you know, like the big names the big yeah companies, the, the the place where success is found right and um, through that process they lose their voice they lose their perspective they lose the, that yeah. unique thing that they had to contribute through their art mm -hmm. and then um, in a way they kind of um, uh, lose their way percent yeah and so I think that's where um, learning how to kind of compromise your own I wouldn't call it dreams um, it's more like your own delusions <laughs> yeah hundred percent man to just yeah. say, you know what actually maybe I don't make that much money and maybe I don't um, uh, like have uh, as as much of a as much exposure or as much fame but here's the place where like I am going all out killing it yeah, yeah. Like, I do everything I feel like doing, and everybody who here at least loves me and supports me for it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really tough, um, but that that sounds like a really, that is actually I a mean, lot of ways living the dream too, right? Of course. Yeah. And, you know, it just depends on you know, how much you can take. Because, again, I have that day job that mm -hmm. pays the actual bills, mm -hmm. and, you mm -hmm. know, I sucked it up, and, you know, I'm still sitting in a cubicle, 9 mm -hmm. to 5, mm -hmm. or... 9.30 to 6 or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is that day. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's uh, not what I want to do, but. Well, how, well, what do you think is the next thing that need, that can push you uh, uh, to the next, next I think level? You can get it. <clears throat> yeah. I think if I, I, first of all, I believe in the current job I have where, you know, I have that good relationship because that's hard to come by, like yeah. you said. Mm -hmm. That's what most people are striving for. And, and it is a startup, and they're not paying me a lot now. Mm -hmm. There's always that possibility in the future, you know, it mm -hmm. is going to get funding. Maybe they sell, and I, I get a chunk of it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm always, like, open to that happening. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm working with a lot of people from there. I'm networking through them, basically. It is a sports podcast network, but I only work with, like, one guy, technically. Mm -hmm who's, you know, the main guy, and he gives the okay on things. But I'm, I'm meeting tons of yeah. beat reporters and, and podcasters that have even asked me on the side for personal things, you yeah, know, yeah. and that have gotten business outside of the actual business, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. for design. So yeah. I think if I keep following, you know, what I'm good at, and that's, you know, I know sports and I know design. So whether that comes down to, you know, what kind of design, I could always grow, and I'm always trying to you know, learn new things on YouTube or whatever, mm -hmm. animation or 
illustration or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. you know, you always try to self-improve. Yeah. Um, become that Swiss Army knife that every company wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I think pe people will attract to you. They will come to you. If yeah, you yeah. build up, you know, yourself, they mm -hmm. will come to you. And yeah. They will find a way to make you happy and yeah. Yeah. things will work out. So I'm just kind of like focused on that right now. Just cool. focus on working with good people and making cool stuff. Yeah, I think that's a, an interesting point too. I think there's a, there's a lot of artists, a lot of people who create what they create and they think that like, so when's the label going to pick me up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah. when is this like, when am I going to get recognized for Don't the great artist wait. that I am right now and fame and fortune follow? Yeah. And it's like, no, you, you focus on your development mm -hmm. and that's the safest investment you can make. Don't like even if you find even somebody big picks you up, mm -hmm. they can easily drop you off. Right? Absolutely. Once you're you could just be a fad, mm -hmm. and you can't sit there and say just because uh, uh, you're good at what you do, there seems to be nobody else like you or able to do what you do. That some that they're a big company that should recognize that. Mm -hmm. It may not be the case, and then also at the same time, even when you're at the top of your game and you you found a, a good space to be in, right? Like the, the the environment's always changing, and you also have to grow with it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think we like go through that. We turned down big companies before, who came to ask us for branding. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna say their names, but Nike. We turned it, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> we turned it down because yeah. it, it was like they didn't value our yeah. value. And, uh, no, and that that happens all the time where clients come to me and yeah. you know they have this big elaborate idea and they don't wanna you know either it's the pricing that doesn't work out mm -hmm. because they're asking for too much and they don't know that. Mm -hmm. And I try to explain to them, you're asking for a lot. And then I say, well, I'll go to my cousin Greg, and he'll do it for 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, good, good luck with, <laughs> you know, you get what you pay for. So have yeah, fun yeah. with cousin Greg. But, you yeah. know, there are sometimes there's a creative difference, and, mm -hmm. and that happens too. Or yeah. So, try I mean, to move on. That's interesting because, like, it's, it's a – and this is true of all businesses. It's about relationship. Like, mm -hmm. what makes sense – I mean, it's very easy to make sense of, like, a, a business that sells, like, say – like material goods, right? Because like if if you need you know cotton because you make clothes, you and them have a lot that you sure. have in common, and it's very clear and it's very concrete why that relationship needs to exist, right. and that that relationship is you know can be also you know be paid on a very specific price mm -hmm. in comparison to other people who sell what they sell. Sure. But I think with the creative space, it's such a it's such a uh, complicated. Um, thing because and I think that's where like I, I was honing in on the idea that you were about the sports world and that's why the sports world pulls you in and, and mm -hmm. you do really well in that niche sure um, what I think that's where like businesses struggle and when they're creative because then it's a question of like how do you find people who are aligned with you mm -hmm. both in values but also aesthetics but also um, the type of audience that you wanna you want to uh, reach out to and connect to yeah. And I think that's where, like, uh, creatives need to be even much more thoughtful about the niche that they're, they're really pursuing. <clears throat> and, yeah. And not necessarily try to um, engage everybody at all times and try to get, you know, 10 million views when, like, you're really doing, you're really targeting a specific, like, you're, you're targeting moms. You're not right. <laughs> yeah, you don't know your audience. You know, you're you're, you're grasping yeah. for straws. Uh -huh. there. But yeah, I I totally agree with that. And one of the ways that I just keep sharp and not focus on the actual clientele is I just use my Instagram to just make personal projects. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I only have like 500 Instagram followers. I'm not, you know, close to being Instagram famous or anything like yeah. that. But I've gotten a lot of work just by putting honest stuff out mm -hmm, there that mm -hmm. I'm working on or. I'll see, I'll be walking on the street and I'll see an idea that pops in my head or mm -hmm. I'll just make it work. And if I have free time and I'll try a new technique or mm -hmm. test something out and if I like it, I'll post it. Um, and it ranges sometimes, like some of my favorite posts have only gotten like 50 likes yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm like, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't care. Because then people come to me, they're like, hey, I love your Instagram. Yeah. And I checked out your pro portfolio through your Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I think we should work together. So, just finding things that you're passionate about, yeah, yeah, and having that space where you can just try out different things, you're gonna attract people from all corners of yeah. the internet, basically. Yeah, I, I've always found that the more, so like, there's there's low hanging fruit, 
where like you could do something that's generally very accessible and mm-hmm. a lot of folks will like it. And then you can create stuff that's very complicated or like conceptual. Right. And then only a small number of people will actually really understand like, oh, wow, he tried to, to do this. And that's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think that's where like, um, how do you keep yourself going in that direction versus like trying to just kind of dumb everything down and make it as easy to the masses as possible? Yeah, and that's the problem with radio. You know, it's a game of yeah. numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're. I mean, was it the voice of radio, but not the face? What's the face of radio? It's just like the premise. I don't know. What I'm thinking of is like radio is ugly, but it's pretty to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my designs. The, the standard was low. You know, they mm-hmm. wanted they didn't want to change the status quo or mm-hmm. try anything new. They didn't either trust me as a creative to, you know, a portray their message and b make it look cool. Mm-hmm. But they had such a wide audience that they didn't want to upset anybody. They yeah. didn't want anybody to understand. A lot of older crowd yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to radio, so they didn't want to confuse yeah, yeah, yeah. any of those who don't have a Facebook or something, which. Mm-hmm. I think at this point in time, all old people have Facebooks. <laughs> yeah. It's probably one of the highest using... <laughs> yeah, I think Facebook's where you should reach most old yeah, people. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I mean, if they weren't even thinking about, you know, Snapchat or, yeah, yeah. or much of Instagram or something, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is huge now. Yeah. Um, so they're just kind of behind in the times, and I, I just recognized that through my own designing was not breaking any walls. It wasn't, you know, changing the game at all, so... Mm-hmm. Where other other stations were, they were more progressive in their designing, and mm-hmm. um, that kind of was I was envious of them at yeah, a lot yeah, of points because yeah. mm-hmm. they had that kind of freedom. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, it, I would imagine that like when you're trying to create a visual mm-hmm. for a auditory type of <laughs> yeah <laughs> audience, it's like yeah, um, this is like they're not going to be the most you know um, visually oriented and most you know, modern. Right. Most cutting edge, avant-garde stuff. Not at all. Yeah. They were a lot of old people with booming voices. Mm-hmm. And um, that's fine. I mean, it's worked for 100 years, whatever it's been. But it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to kind of shake up radio because, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of dull. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where also like radio and podcasting has kind of... Well, podcasting has been kind of this modern and young person take on radio. Totally. Which is which is kind of interesting. And it's it's also interesting that like... Video came first, but podcasting is really like coming. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Because you would imagine that because it's easier to do audio. Just record the radio. Yeah. yeah. Just record vocals. <laughs> you know, and it's, you don't nothing have to, crazy. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, um, do all this video work. Right. But, but it really is kind of um, in, in a new thing for young people, and so I think mm-hmm. that's where like it'd be interesting to see what that visually should or could look like. Yeah, and that's why we're kind of not even there yet you know podcasting hasn't peaked at all mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's at the tip of the shooting, iceberg yeah, it's just straight up right now there's nowhere to there's everywhere to go there's nowhere to expect where it will be and it's just yeah. kind of an adventure every day yeah 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 so like they're experimenting this podcast network i'm working with they're doing more like working on twitch and like streaming the podcast which by the way is radio yeah exactly i mean it's just got like streaming podcasts watching. With it's just yeah, it's a visual weird. radio. That's what we're doing right now on this camera. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like we're going back in time. See, but this radio, right? <laughs> but it's just new. They're like using these new tools, and yeah, they're making yeah. it current. Yeah. And like young people respond to it. I think so. It's it's yeah. an exciting time. Yeah, I think that's where. Um, I mean, I don't know if they will ever return to the written word. <laughs> nope. That'll be the very last thing. Uh, we don't even like texting fix anymore. Fix yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that's that's kind of the weird part too. I mean, texting is, is its own thing too. And like, I, but I do feel that radio and, and podcasting has this kind of like um, um, developmental value. This kind of like um, yeah, it's kind of weird because like because a picture is that that's it. You don't mm-hmm. you don't. There's no space and time where a person goes from like the beginning and then the middle and the end of the picture it's just the picture that's all it is so you don't grow with the picture the mm-hmm. picture has its immediate effect and you go oh, that was cool that was a really cool picture and then yeah. you move on to the next picture that goes oh that picture doesn't speak to me and the next picture and you're like oh that picture speaks to me and then it's just these immediate like yeah things 
but it doesn't have this kind of developmental or like growth that happens. And and the weird thing about like uh, podcasts is that they can really help you kind of shape your thoughts, organize your thoughts, uh, um, and make them like into something that's uh, concrete enough so that you can carry it with you. Absolutely. And and it's weird because like even with the video videos, for some reason, don't do that for you to the same degree either. It doesn't. I mean, if there's a video without audio, you're not going to remember much of it at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you were to take away the audio or the video from the audio, you'll still retain a lot of that information, which yeah. is why like audiobooks have been around forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people used to use those like when they're driving in the car and they pop in the, uh, you know, mm -hmm. A-track or whatever it was. I don't know. I wasn't alive. But <laughs> they, they plug in the record player in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 put the, they listen to Bill, Bill Cosby's they, they latest hits, and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what they did in the yeah. 80s, I think. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's been around, and I think it's been proven that, you know, yeah. that it still gets people's attention even when they can do something else, which yeah. I think is what we're all looking for. Yeah. Is, yeah. I think it's something that young people are still rediscovering, though, this oral storytelling narrative approach totally. i mean i think that the only real folks who can really you can really pull from are the comedians yeah. um, because they're they're masters of this i mean they all have podcasts now yeah, yeah so they do makes sense and they they know how to organize their thoughts and they know how to set it up in such like their stories in such a way where there is a you know a setup a kind of um, point where there's like a confusion and then the payoff mm -hmm. and you you follow them right uh throughout their their arc of their the story that they're telling and it, it always struck struck me as weird as that like comedians could be a guy standing on stage and the whole time he's just talking onto a microphone yeah and you're like wow captivating yeah <laughs> and it's like there's nothing else dude there's nothing going on like literally it's just the dude yeah standing it's telling fake stories fake like 90 yeah. percent of the time yeah. and you're just like this was worth my hundred dollars <laughs> Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't know. This two drink minimum is working. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. And so I think that's where the podcasts are also really interesting, too, because yeah. I think there is this kind of space where a lot of folks can grow with with the, the people who communicate and, and try to, you know, they take an idea and they throw it against the wall mm -hmm. and start to, to analyze it and reflect on it. And, and hopefully, you know, if you can sit through the whole thing while they kind of discover yeah. what the heck they're talking about, you'll be able to, like, um, also uh, arrive at the conclusion and the kind of the wisdom that comes from that process. Sure. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest difference I've seen between, you know, the evolution of radio into podcasting now is, yeah, you know, I grew up on, like, sports radio, mm -hmm. you know. The old KMBR 680 was my, yeah, yeah. my dad's station. It was always on, mm -hmm. and I'd hear the same guys talk for maybe 10 minutes and then it'd be a five minute break and then talk for three minutes and then another five minute break it would be like constant commercials i remember really? yeah and i try to listen to it now and it's just it's it's terrible i don't understand <laughs> how old people haven't discovered podcasts where you have listened to like you know a maybe 30 second to two minute ad read mm -hmm. at the beginning you could even yeah. if you're you know if you can do it, you can fast forward <laughs> over that, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're capable. I don't yeah. know um, if my dad is capable. But anyway, you can get there. If anything, you just sit through it. And then you have like an hour long, just commercial free, uninterrupted, just stream of consciousness between one or whatever, how many people. Mm -hmm. And then that's what you want. You just want authentic conversation yeah. where you don't have to worry about an ad just being like, and we'll tease you for about... Three minutes, stick around, because we need to pay our bills. So uh, nothing's changed for radio. Well, that's, that's interesting, because I, I, I think about video now, just what, based on what you said, mm -hmm. and how video, I will oftentimes like, just go through the scroll bar and try to find a frame that like, will, will pick up mm -hmm. where I want them to go. Right. And I will just be like, okay, so he outlined three problem, like three things that he wants to say. Mm -hmm. And I will scroll, and then there's that, that like thing that forget like, everything one, else. Yeah, one, and I'm like, cool. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for saving 2.5 minutes off my life. For real. And then part two, I'm like, because eh. he he has this thing he says that's for like a minute, and then he like goes down a rabbit hole for another like 10 minutes, and then and, and so I think the the interesting part would be like, couldn't radio do the same thing, right? 
Like, you could you be that that specific too? Like, or couldn't podcasting be that that specific? You should have like choose your own adventure, but for radio. Oh, yeah. like, that would be epic. change the channel like ninety six one for you know I don't know. I think that well, podcast is like it, newspaper like is like radio. Podcasting is like you know internet or for for news. It's gonna. Well, well you, yeah. you, just, you just said something really interesting, because, like, when you sit there and you say, when you podcast for, like, like a minute, and you say, now you get to choose, ask three questions. One of three questions, and I will, like, based on what I just said for the first minute, mm-hmm. and you can ask this question, this question, this question, and you can go listen to that. I mean, it's, be really cool. it's almost a table of contents. Right? Yeah, yeah, You're just yeah. like, hey, click here to yeah, skip to chapter that six. Really cool. I don't know. Yeah, I. You have to grow up in the Choose Your Own Adventure books to know. Yeah, is choose, <laughs> is choose Your Own Adventure even? I think I was like copyrighted or something. Yeah, choose and your no one own can do that discussion. anymore. I mean, Black Mirror did it, so oh, <laughs> we can do God. it. That's, just, yeah. that's yeah. fair. Yeah, but that but yeah. that sounds actually really interesting because I think that's where a lot of folks want to have dialogue and conversation about things. Yeah, and for some reason in this world at this time. Is not about dialogue and conversation. It's about visuals <laughs> no. and like um, kind of this, this this I don't know. It's it's this posting stuff and FOMO and and like uh, just kind of yeah. one upping each other versus like we have all the technology. To yeah, look at this information. Whatever. It's like and we're yeah. not talking right now more than ever, and that's kind of a weird uh, reality that we have. It is. And we can also like pick and choose what we want to communicate with or yeah. what we want to interact with or engage with. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a different aspect. I mean, mm-hmm. on Twitter, if you're not following a bunch of sports writers or sports, anything, you wouldn't know about our podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you weren't on Instagram. Yeah. The way I've seen, like, I just want to bring up the way content has changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just online in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at you know, being sports related, I can't help not think of Bleacher Report and their yeah. the way they've delivered content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it used to be they used to be like a, a blog where people would write articles and people yep. would read articles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was basically it. And then they got the app, and then that was you know a different way to deliver the news. But on Instagram and Twitter, they changed the game in terms of design, um, and that's something I've always like appreciated out of them because mm-hmm. they've been able to. Stay ahead of the curve, and make things. You know, when I went, when Instagram first introduced video, they were on it. You know, yeah. making video, mm-hmm. making animations and illustrations that worked for that platform, and staying current. And then they just keep keep going, and I'm just baffled by the amount of adaptation they've been able to have. Unlike yeah. radio, you know, that's just a different. It's all a media, right? They're yeah, all yeah. reporting basically the same things, but radio just kind of sits back and sticks to traffic reports <laughs> like like we all don't have ways <laughs> yeah, i don't understand it's really weird it's, and and they're still finding their audience and there's still people who it's listen rough. to it but i think that's where like um I, I just don't like you have to kind of go through the internet and all this modern like really modern stuff and then find your way on your back end like you can't yeah. stick to the spoken word as defined by radio you mm. have to go back you have to go and find it now mm-hmm. and i think that's where it's it's interesting where like i i don't know how we're gonna get there i mean there's text messaging where you can record your voices your voice as opposed to message something which i'm still baffled by because I, I prefer i prefer people to, to <laughs> <laughs> I know. me. yeah that's true too ways. but um voice memos yeah yeah but then at the same time there is a connection there um Mm. and so but then i i don't know it 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 really depends on who's speaking to me i suppose that's the other thing too like i'd want to hear somebody's voice versus their text but it depends on who it is so as a blogger i mean how do you is there a way you could use your blogs and put them onto a podcast or is there some way you can like, how do you attract readers? Like, what is your what has worked for you in terms of? 
getting would, the attention. Well, I think the the weird part about blogging is that it um, there's a unique group of people who like to read and write. Mm-hmm. It's very very <clears throat> I don't know, niche group of people. Yeah, they're not gonna be like most people will look at your your blog, and I mean it's to the point where blogs will literally tell you. How many minutes does it take to read this thing? <laughs> yeah. Started, uh, like, really, really. 17? You have, to tell, you have uh, to tell me. You have to tell the reader. This is a two-minute read. Yeah. So it's cool. Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. And then when it's like a like a five-minute read, man, they even get a... Like, <laughs> five minutes, like, that's like oh, a thousand words. Oh, I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And so it's kind of a weird deal where, like, I've seen blogs also shrink. Like, just, mm. like what, what was once a, uh, like, a 500-word blog, mm-hmm. they're the standards, I would say. Like, it's also podcasts. Well, I would say podcasts, too, where they're, they're, they're shrinking in time, too, or, or videos. And it's to the degree where, like, get to the point, be very, 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 very um, specific. Right. What you're trying to say. Super concise. do not add crap to it yeah and it's people like, hate crap <laughs> yeah and, and you, you when you when you pull out all the fluff then it's like well this is just two sentences this is a two seconds block okay guys is it okay it's okay and then the, 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 the but then there's the question of like isn't it just the tweet then right isn't it just the tweet i mean and you're just like i guess it is just the tweet you know I mean, like it's not even. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's not a blog anymore. Unless you want to go true. on this journey with me, and you want to go into these like stories that I want to tell, and the way that I frame it, and the way that I communicate my or I, how I would like frame this message. Right. If you all you just want is the nuts and bolts and the like, the, the absolute synopsis, then it's a tweet, dude. That is like a tweet. I don't I don't want to I don't have to talk about stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, no, and Twitter stepped into that field a little bit in terms yeah. of just storytelling or, or news in general. Yeah. So I get most of my news on Twitter. Yeah. Because um, they can fit it in a tweet, maybe two. They can thread them together, and it's just all right there. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. what, 480 words. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's a really tough time. I, I don't know how we're going to really make sense of, especially radio and podcasting in this time. Because um, it is time-intensive. It is, and it's yeah. and and literally, I'm still wrapping my head around like, unless you got two hours to kill on your or an hour to kill on your commute, mm-hmm. why the heck would you put on an hour's worth of people talking, who you're not in the room with? And I mean, so that's the beauty of it. You can pause it and listen to it right later. <laughs> it doesn't have that privilege. So yeah. All right. So thanks so much for uh, joining us and appreciate it. Going down the rabbit hole of uh, art and podcasting and media and hopefully we'll have you back sometime soon yeah thanks for having me right, right. and get your plug in oh yeah if you want to plug <laughs> oh yeah uh anything that you um are doing working on or your own personal business yeah i guess uh check out my instagram i'm at russ underscore presto and um i put a bunch of designs up there and um if you haven't followed them already then blue wire is the sports podcast I mentioned before, and uh, we're putting out a bunch of good content, so check it out.